Hello and welcome to the DMs Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. With me, as ever, for one of the penultimate episodes of DMs Book Club is Hamilton. Hello, Hamilton. How are you doing? Penultimate episodes of the DMs Book Club in total? Of this season. Of you the said season. of the DMs Book Club. Of the season. That's what, <laughs> in my head, I meant, <laughs> I meant of the season. I was like, in total. What, a way to, what a way to let everyone know. What a bombshell to let you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just like, like, whilst we're in the middle of recording, that's like, hey, it. just so you know. No. So, yes, the penultimate episode of this current series. Hamilton, how are you after that bombshell? <laughs> well, after that roller coaster ride of emotions, <laughs> I am, I am, well, you know, I'm ill. I didn't <laughs> so, know you were ill. So, yeah. you know, I've had kind of a couple of weeks, but apart from all those stuff, you just keep moving on, don't you? So, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> how I mean, are you? I'm, I'm okay. Um, yeah. I think it's because it's spring. I'm just, it's yeah. that little bit where I'm just like, I need it to get a little yeah. bit warmer. It's sunnier, but it doesn't feel warm yet. So I'm just sort of on the edge going, I just need it to be a little bit more. And then, it was, and then things it was warm where I was today. I was, was at 18 it? degrees at lunchtime. Wait, what? It's like in, in Bath. In Bath. It's like 11 here. No, we were, I was 15 in the morning, highs of oh. 18. Oh yeah, I was goodness. sitting outside. I had just a t-shirt on and I was sunning myself. Oh but my yeah, you need to move down the southwest, microclimate, all that stuff. That's clearly, you know. I'm clearly in the wrong place. That <laughs> urban heat island isn't working for you right now. It's clearly not working for us. Hamilton, shall I tell you yes. what we're talking about today? Yeah, it's good to tell I, me now. <laughs> you know, you can tell me now. There's a lot of bombshells coming your way. Yeah, it so. is, exactly. The one thing that I know you've run quite a lot of, and I've not run a lot of myself, is mm. urban settings or urban sort of campaigns. So as you've talked about lovingly about when you ran sort of Dragon Heist and that yep. sort of thing. And I know quite a lot of other people have run urban campaigns. Mm. As well. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I guess when you're starting out, you're like, oh, you're in a you're in a town, you're in a city, like that will come up as part of one of your adventures at some point. And I yeah. thought to myself, well, I actually don't know what kind of encounters you can run in a town mm. or a city that's you know, because obviously when you're in a dungeon, it's like, oh well, there's gonna be monsters here, or there's gonna be traps, or there's gonna be mm. a puzzle, or there's gonna be this, there's gonna be that. When I looked at the DM's guide and it gives you examples of random encounters to have in cities, I actually wasn't taken with any of the examples a lot of it was like bandits and cultists and i was like oh <laughs> okay great cool. well that is the thing isn't it and that's the standard it's like guards uh, as the other one as well which is a, a classic and yeah classic. And thieves you know like the other classes that are monsters so the the bard or the the rogue or whatever monster variant mm -hmm. is another classic as well like a you know i just thought myself, god that's a bit boring if you just if, especially if your most of your campaign is set in an urban setting of stuff like i'm sure there would be monsters in there or something like that but, but like yeah. i wonder what we could do so i thought i'd ask you and yeah. me to come up with sort of three monsters each that we or mm -hmm. three sort of monsters or encounters that you know we thought oh this would just be a little bit different to our urban yeah. settings and stuff and just go from there really i think it's a really good idea and i think when as i said when i did dragon heist i found exactly that point another good one if you need some variation to your cultists this is just outside of it but maybe this is interesting information mm. if you have access to rise of tiamat and mm. uh horde of the dragon queen mm -hmm. it has the dragon claw dragon fang and dragon tooth i can't remember the third name i have to, I have to clarify it, but it's basically the three stages of being in the cult dragons but it oh. gives you 
fighters and sort of with mages with occultist twist and hire different three layers of challenge rating. One of them's a knight level as well. So like a knight character. It's just something if you are going to be running cultists in your game it's just there's a little one if you're doing a cult in a city use those because that will give you a good variation of cultists to use and that's just worth it instead of having like two cultists oh and then a cultist mage and stuff like that these these, these are a bit more exciting that's whoa. a freebie that's, <laughs> that's a, a freebie whoa a Hamilton freebie amazing <laughs> yeah that's a good point because again for me I think it's a very common thing is like there's always someone bringing back a demon lord or yeah. there's always bringing back TMS and you're like oh, it's probably not a good idea but obviously those sort of things do happen <laughs> in D&D so it's nice to have that yeah I didn't realise it'd mm. be like sort of hierarchy or flavours of, of cults yeah it's just more of like a flavouring yeah. it's kind of like they have a little class based relationship I mm-hmm. guess and the cultists it's just something I just use them when I I was doing the I flavored the um Castellanters, which is the Asmodius cult. I just flavored them with a bit of them additional because I was reading Horde of the Dragon Queen in advance of what we potentially were going to do next. And I thought, hey, these will be useful. And yeah, so that's where I know. I like that. I like that. Let's start then. Should we start with your first choice, Hamilton? Oh, if you're okay. okay. To do that? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Right. So, Hamilton, what's your yes. first choice for Urban Encounters then? What's, what's your, not necessarily number one, but what's one you're like, oh, yeah, this would be a really good. Well, I was, uh, yeah. Encounter. I was thinking I was going in like my challenge rating layer, if mm. you know what I mean, sort of the ease of entry into a game. So, yeah. my first one is Shadows and variations on that theme. There are a few different ones. It's kind of a classic as well, but they, do allow for a little bit more uh, of combat. So a challenge rating of a half, so only 100 XP. However, they're always hard to find, which is always good. And they are, they could be anywhere. They just hang out in shadows. That's basically it. And it can move through a space as narrow as one inch without squeezing, which always, yes. you know, like there's, they're always kind of, there's something that kind of works for putting them into an urban encounter. You can have them internal or external, just down an alleyway, just a couple of shadows sort of pop out. Mm. Or when you're, just in the back of the tavern. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You could just yeah. have one just hiding out there yeah. or something along those lines. And with that, they, as I said, they've got some fun challenges for combat at early levels to get players invested in just not, you know, hitting a guard, which is a very clear, clear humanoid. This mm-hmm. is something that's a bit different. It's undead. It gives a bit of fun for the DM as well because mm-hmm. you can play that sort of character. So to run through the sort of stats, obviously stealth, very high. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> stealth plus four. <laughs> And with that dex, not very good strength, good con, no intelligence, middling wisdom and no charisma. So it's really a dex, dexy Mm -hmm. con thing. Vulnerable to radiant damage. So again, it kind of allows early players to sort of start that simple questioning of, well, this probably doesn't like radiant because it's a shadow, like mm-hmm. wouldn't like light. There's a kind of clear thinking process there. It allows your cleric or paladin to feel like they can get involved in the combat yeah. in, without just healing, which I think is always positive. Mm-hmm. A lot of resistances though, which then, uh, yes. then acid, cold, fire, lightning, thunder, bludging, piercing, slashing from non-magical as well. It then also starts to really rely on your clerics and your paladins mm-hmm. because of the radiant vulnerability, but also because if you're hitting something at a challenge raging half, you're probably level one or two. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not really going to be higher than that. Otherwise, it's a bit too low level. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's an alternate for that anyway. But it means, you know, you're gonna have your barbarian going in, doing half damage. Oh, that's yeah. not great. You know, then they're gonna yeah. start thinking about it. 
And then you could start allowing people to think about, oh, there are some ways you can do spiritual weapon. And I don't know, it kind of, all these things start to come into play. That's why I quite like them. So there's a sort of combat mechanic for them really is what I like. And then they get cool things. Like as I said, the move through one inch, shadow self, which is while in dim light or darkness, they could take the hide action yeah, as a bonus action. Bonus so action. even though they've got 16 hit points, which could be, you know, if you've got a couple of them, it could take a few turns, a few mm. rounds, but then they could just disappear on you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't, you could, you can play a few of those games and maybe just like they all disappear and you could stop the music, stop the thing, do a bit of investigation, can't see them. Mm-hmm. Everyone's, and then wait half an hour whilst they're in the tavern and then attack again. <laughs> just, yeah. you know what I mean? You could just, if you wanted to play some fun things on your, on your players, that's kind of good. Sunlight weakness, again, a bit of fun for your, your druid to get involved in as well. Mm-hmm. Bit of shillelagh could happen shillelagh. there. All little yeah, things I think is well. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then they have a cool action, which is strength yes. drain. Now, this is it's, where it really gets fun. It's a scary action. I must it say. Is. I, I've used it on some players and they've gone, oh no, when it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, what is yeah. strength drain? And this is actually something that all Shadowfell creatures do use. And my mm-hmm. favorite of them, my highest level, which I have used, but this strength drain is. They have plus four to hit, does 2d6 plus two necrotic damage, and the target strength score is reduced by 1d4. The target dies, this is reduced to a strength of zero. Mm-hmm. So if you've got your wizard mm-hmm. <laughs> who may have a strength of eight, you know, could have a strength of eight, two bad rolls on a 1d4, and they're dead. They're not yeah. death saving throws. No. They are did yeah and i quite like there's this if they're non-evil and they mm. die from this a new shadow rises from the corpse 1d4 hours later exactly there's this, there's this whole little backstory which i didn't realize mm. about shadows about how they reach out and feed on living yes. vitality and they're especially drawn to creatures that are untainted by evil so yes i love that idea that the mm. paladin and the cleric they're yes. like oh, our goodness but that is actually what they're going to go for attack so again it's that, them. Exactly. that idea that if you're playing them that oh yeah they're getting mm. attacked but if you've got like a whole mob of them they're all going to go for the clerics and their paddle there's all mm. those 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 who are maybe more good aligned perhaps i love that idea and this idea as it drains the sort of victim strength and physical form the victim's shadow darkens and begins to move of its own volition and mm. in death the creature's shadow breaks free and becomes a new undead as we sort of said but yeah. this is my favorite bit the thing so when the creature that has died returns to life somehow it's undead shadow senses a return but it sort of doesn't have a shadow for as you know when it comes back to life and mm. it's undead shadow could sort of seek its parents to sort of vex it or slay it in some way so pursuing that living counterpart until either the main creature has been destroyed or sort mm. of it's almost like a peter pan moment that sort of idea of like trying to fix your shadow back together because you you are not whole without it and that's it. that's kind of a cool that's oh. really cool isn't it oh. i like that oh creepy creepy you could have so much fun with shadows. Like you said, like, mm. I love the idea that they're sort of in plain sight, that they're underneath a tavern table or something like that. And anyone yeah. that sits at this table at the end of the night, they've just discovered that they've died. And yeah. and you don't know, and they don't know why and all that sort of thing. And it just seems to get more and more and more. And it just happens to be a certain table. And then they realize underneath it that it's so dark. Like, oh, it's, oh just, it's shadows. It's just draining them whilst they're drinking. Exactly. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Oh. That's really cool. I like that. It's a good but, little mystery, isn't it, for well, them that, to go on? Yeah. I think it'll be great as a mystery thing. Like you said, I definitely see this as a low level thing where, oh, everyone who goes down this mm. alleyway, there's so many deaths in this alleyway, we don't know why. And, it, and it's just mm. pitch black. And then we realize it's just an alleyway full of darkness. And it only happens at night and people going missing and all that sort of thing. 
you can mm. really add to it. And yeah, of course, the reveal of it, oh, it shadows straight away. It might not be, again, that's on your, mm. you as a DM to be like, really like, there's no weapon damage. Uh, they're clearly, they died mm. of fright, but there's yeah. no damage on their physically. No, it's, no, yeah, it's just like, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just like this sort of just loss of life, isn't it? Like mm. life trade. And even like nine points is the average necrotic damage for you. That's going to take out easily a, a guard in one hit sort of thing, yeah. isn't it? So, you Absolutely. know, if you imagine an everyday person, it, that's what it could do, but really. I, I love the idea that, you know, if you investigate and you get a high enough investigation, you go, you realise this body doesn't have a shadow. You know what, though? Is it because it would create new shadows after, like, a few hours? It's mm-hmm. like it, they're all living in, like, the basement or something like that. It's got, yeah. like, this group of all the shadows remain of all these bodies or something like that. Uh, yeah, you could have a whole group of, like, 30, yeah. 40 or what, whatever, oh. you know. I, and people just don't go out at night because there's this, I don't know, gangs of shadows that are draining yeah. people. But nobody knows because you know what? You can't see them. So no. I love I love that as an idea. And I think it's such a great one, like you said, like an introductory counter. That's, it's a mystery and it's not a straightforward mm. answer. And, and uh, yeah, it yeah. might be very simple, but actually, yeah. like, actually this is a brilliant idea. So no, a really good first choice, Helton. I was like, yeah, tick, cool. tick, tick when I saw that. So good job. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. And then if you want to then up the challenge rating, yes. there's the Shadow Assassin, basically, is the sort of the easy one to go to from that. As it says, a Shadow Assassin looks like a shadow. The wheels short swords, also made of shadow, <laughs> which is kind of like, it exists only to slay the living. Okay, positive then. <laughs> Happy people. This is more of a challenge rating nine. So you're, mm-hmm. you know, you've got uh, 78 hit points average sort of thing. So armor class 14. So similar things, high dex, high con. This has got a bit more intelligence, wisdom, and it's got a high charisma. So this is sort of, it's got more, it's got no strength, but it's still got more. It's got the same properties of Amorphous, going to shadow stealth and the sunlight weaknesses, same vulnerabilities and resistances. However, it is now immune to necrotic and poison damage. So it just adds that. And I forgot to mention, they also have condition immunities as well. Mm. So they do not have kind of exhausted, frightened, grappled, petrified, paralyzed, poisoned, prone, Mm -hmm. or restrained. So again, things a lot of people do use early on which is starting to get to grips with grappling mm. <laughs> get to grips with grappling and using sort of other ways of techniques in combat mm. this then sort of brings you back away from those so you can't rely on those sort of tools which yeah. is kind of interesting and not I, I guess in some ways no i, I like it yes yeah, so that uh, shadow assassins from Waterdeep dungeon of the mad mage and i'd not heard yes. that one before and yeah, yeah i like i like the idea that you're like oh it's we've dealt with these shadow things you go, oh no it's got knives it's got <laughs> shadow knives exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah it's kind of cool and i just think it's like what i think is fun about them is they they're a good flavoring for a space like uh, the shadow assassin and like you could have it as what came to mind with that is that you've got the mob boss somehow like you know you could make it in some ways that he's raised a shadow assassin by doing some sort of necromantic magic is raising these shadow assassins from people that he's like had under his employ and he's got this one shadow assassin he's got somehow under his control i know they can't be like they can they doesn't say they can't be charmed so i, I, I think yeah. like why not why not you could just make it that somebody is controlling them, you know? yeah. yeah and he sends it off to go and assassinate you know other people in the other in other I mean, uh, how, how cool would that be though i guess another yeah. mystery we know these people have died but they died in the locker room and mm. they've clearly been stabbed or, or, or yeah. slashed to death and yet there's no yeah. evidence of it and yet you know mm. there's like a smoky sort of thing coming from under the mm. door and then it's swords and then yeah, yeah. so yeah i love exactly. that idea like yeah it's just one up isn't it just from normal yeah. sort of shadows so yeah i think either way could could do you with some good and yeah i really really like that idea so i think shadows are good and there are so many more fun shadowy things but we'll i think those are enough for the sort of levels we'll talk about for today 
So what was your first one then? I Well, I will tell you Hamilton. So again, I actually did the same thing as you did. I was sort mm. of like thinking low-level, mid-tier, higher-tier. Yeah. I went, after a conversation we had with our friend <laughs> Derek, actually, about oozes, mm. I went for a grey ooze. Now, oozes, mm. I'm sure most people will be aware of them because you will have heard of like a gelatinous cube that appears mm-hmm. in the dungeon and this idea that they are just like this horrible slime. I hate slime, and I don't know why the world is obsessed with it. Yeah, just now. I don't. Like, it's it's everywhere, right? It's just, like snot. Oh. Like, why do you like? Yeah. And there's videos everywhere of it, people making it, and they've got stuff in it. It's like, oh, it's ASMR, and I'm like, no. that's going to be a bugger to clean. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that as well. You're like, that's a very no. boring adult thing, right? But yeah. I love the idea, like reading about oozes in general. This idea that they live in dark places that shouldn't mm. bright light. So very similar to mm. shadows in a way. But they flow sort of underground, so you're thinking sewers and the. That's exactly where I went to. Is like it's just very teenage mutant ninja turtles. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, you want a reason to go into the sewers. Every adventurer wants to go down there. Let's face it. They feed on any animal or object that can be dissolved, and you know this idea that it's said in the little in the sort of brief about oozes. The first warning an adventurer receives of an ooze's presence is often the the searing pain of acid touch, but also an immaculately clean passageway is likely to sign that an ooze has been by. And I like that. that yeah. I was like, these sewers are really clean. <laughs> like, how suspicious. <laughs> and I just I just thought that was a really cool idea. And yeah, so you can have different oozes that are different viscosities and different sort of transparencies and stuff. And like I said, the traditional sort of gelatin cubes mm. have like things in them, like stuff that can't yeah. be dissolved. So obviously you see like, oh, there is a sword just hanging in the yeah. air and they're very hard to perceive and all that sort of thing. So yeah. I quite like it. Uh, the other the other thing about oozes, just to quickly mention, is that they don't really ally with other creatures, but other creatures might use mm. them for defending a player. So they'll trap them or put food out for them. <laughs> so yeah. I like that idea. You just happen to bump into it. Enticed into a pit trap where it's captors feed it often enough to prevent <laughs> it from coming after them. I know. I know. How cute. I, I'm very cute about that. But think about that mm. as a really cool sort of, again, guild <clears throat> thing. If you're, if you're having your bandit stuff, the idea that you could mm. just stumble upon an ooze and you're like, it's actually part of a greater network of some sort would be, mm. yeah, I just think really, really cool. But yeah, so the reason I chose a grey ooze because I think everyone knows about gelatinous cubes. Forget yeah. it. Classic, classic, classic. But I think a great news mm. is quite interesting because they are essentially, it's described as stone turned into liquid by chaos. I just think what an amazing uh, line. Like, like That is so cool. And it sort of moves and it slivers like a liquid snake and it rises to strike. And I just like that idea that you, you could be walking down a passageway and then the wall behind you melts. <laughs> just like Alec Mack. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. Pretty, and I just, oh, oozes themselves, they take a little bit of a perception check to spot them anyway. But mm-hmm. the fact that instead of what usually happens is a mimic is a wall or a door. Like yeah. This time it's an ooze instead. So oozes in general, they'll have a very low armor class because they're you know, yep. the oozes. <laughs> so usually about eight armor class. Uh, hit point wise, 22 for the great ooze. So not lots. Mm-hmm. Challenge rating half again. So similar to the uh, to the shadows. Uh, mm-hmm. Damage resistances, they're resistant to acid, cold, and fire. Condition immunities, like we sort of just mentioned, mm-hmm. blinded, charmed, deafened, exhausted, frightened, and prone. Again, makes sense because it's an ooze and not yeah. necessarily sentient. Yeah. 
again, like the shadows can move, they're amorphous, so they can move through mm-hmm. narrow spaces. So again, the idea that you're out, I mean, they can't run very quick, I will say. They're 10 feet of movement <laughs> and climb 10 feet. But the idea that they, you, I don't know, you barricade, you know, oh, we're safe for now. And then you just see it like, <laughs> sort of comes under the door. Also, they get themselves in the way of where you need to get to a lot of the time as well. So that they can true. be like, you have to get past them sometimes. So it's like, oh yeah. dear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think, but here's the cool thing about Great Oozes, which I don't think is on the other oozes. So mm. it has a, it has a sort of feature called corrode metal. So any non-magical weapon made out of metal corrodes when it hits the ooze. After dealing damage, the weapon takes a permanent and cumulative minus one penalty to damage yeah. rolls. If it goes to minus five, the weapon is destroyed <laughs> and it can eat through any sort of non-magical metal around. So again, if you're putting up a quick barrier or a shield, that's going to be eaten ASAP. The pseudopod attack has obviously a general sort of pseudopod stuff, which again, very typical of Uzis. But if you're wearing armor, mm. it, will, it will take, uh, again, that same minus one penalty and it accumulates. And then if it reduces it down to uh, AC of 10, yeah. the armor is destroyed. Yeah. Oh my god, scary. I think that's actually quite yeah. scary if you're like, black puddings do that as well because mm. I've used them before and they do exactly so they have a corrosive form. Again, it's that sort of thing where you go, also, oh, okay, so that's a minus one, so keep mm. note of that and not yeah. telling them what the threshold is. So again, like mm. you said, like you can have the barbarian or the paladin rushing in trying to mm. you know, do all this yeah. thing and it just eats away. I had exactly I had that happen to one we had it in my dragon heist the game that we're in this penultimate we still need to do this like the ending <laughs> we've left it with my character fighting a news with their knife just corroded and they're like what am i gonna do there's a better thing that comes up isn't there though oh that's so there's a, a variant on the gray ooze called the psychic mm. gray ooze so uh, <laughs> oozes i will say also aren't very smart they have a, mm. a, a very low intelligence score but this one has an intelligence score of six as well as the following mm. action so it's called psychic crush uh, mm. Ooze targets one creature you can see within 60 feet of it, and they must make a, a DC 10 intelligence saving throw, so not necessarily high. But if it fails it, it will take 3d6 psychic damage on a failed save and half as much as this one. So imagine that on top mm. of your armor break. Yeah. It, it is it's a terrifying thing. So that's psychologically damaging is pretty yeah. oh I just like the other I, thing that they do though, which is if they kill something. They consume it by, which is always an interesting, which you mentioned in that slow death bit. But it's something that I, when I played with that that same party, that point, one of them did go down. Mm -hmm. And so I had to say, well, then, you know, it then goes on top of it. You know, Mm -hmm. it literally consumes the body. So that's its first thing to do. Also, black puddings can split, which is even more evil. But, But this, yeah. And so then... What you've then got to do is if you've got your party member down, mm-hmm. you know, in a couple of turns time, it's going to take damage immediately because of the corrosive form. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, crap, we've got to get in there yes, and so do something. But yeah. you're going to have to sacrifice your armor or whatever to get in there. And it, it makes it it's really terrifying. It's a good little like, I think, mini boss or like, like I said, if you're mm-hmm. beating people up before meeting, say, the bandit captain or any of those yeah. things, is that they're, they're already down their hit points, down on weapons, mm-hmm. and then suddenly around the corner, well, who goes there? And you're like, oh no, it's bloody bandits. We're not prepared because you've you've been onslaughted by yeah. an ooze or something. But exactly. yeah, I will say that, yes, like you said, there's so black puddings and gelatinous cubes, they split depending on what you do. Grey oozes do not. I no. think because they're trying to combat Maybe for this one, the sort of psychicness and the sort of mm. acid stuff. So yes, but 
Uh, yes, yeah, so I think to be honest, any combination of oozes would be amazing for for any sort of underground lair, like again patrols or oh, the sewers are very clean. Huh, mm. that's really weird. Oh, well, I don't. I, yeah, it's that sort of thing where what's the reason for them to be in the sewers for that people have gone missing? It's always down the street. Oh, but there's. Um, I love this idea I, of like a dwarven lair hideout mm. where they are using oozes by trailing like little animals that they're feeding them so they clean their sewers. <laughs> you know, so they're using like mini oozes as a cleaning product, but they do it by like dropping little little, little bits mouse of food, here. little like mouse little... there, and it follows along, cleans the whole sewer out, and they do that like once a year or something like that. Big spring clean with the oozes. We lose a dwarf, we lose a dwarf or two, but, the, but it's the, part of the payment. It's, it's all fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all part of the benefit of this cleaner. <laughs> I love that idea. That is like the yeah the spring clean of oozes. I think that's a what. A or like the title. city actually does it as like a that's like a job people do to clean the oozes. Ooh. So you're an ooze, you're a you're a sewer cleaner, and you're like and you'd say and to so your everyday part you're like oh what does that mean? You're like oh so you just go down there and clean the sewer? No no no, I have to train these oozes <laughs> to mm. follow me and clean the sewer behind me. And that you know what that's an interesting thing. So we've gone into this thinking of oh, urban encounters like stuff to fight yeah. for, but I love the idea that it's just a generic part of your. Urban urban city life is that oh here's the sewer cleaners with the team of oozes and it's yeah. not a, a danger at all it's just an everyday thing but it's maybe it's very different to your adventures that sort of thing like oh these are monsters yeah like, what are you doing that's our workforce you know yeah. don't yeah, mess no, you're with in them. there and you start getting attacked by these oozes because you just come at the wrong time and then yeah, yeah you got the people come around you, what are you doing oh, <laughs> i'm gonna report you to head office yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> The guards take you away for attacking the government for, for, property for breaking our equipment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, oh. See, so there's so much in that. There is so much in that. Is such a Terry Patchett sort of moment. I'd like it that. Is. It is. There like... you go. That's. I think. Yeah, just that little twist on it. All right, Hamilton. What is your second choice? My second one. My second one is golems in general. But I'm talking here mainly about stone and iron. Golems, because I don't really want to talk about the other ones as much that as anything. That's fair. Yeah, I think these are a good one that happen in all locations. You can have mm. them. You can use them anywhere, really. But I used one as a as an escaped rampaging golem from a wizard's lair. You know, that's always a fun thing because wizards they're always up to up to, up to mucking about with things they shouldn't yeah. be mucking about with. So golems, if people don't know, are constructs that are made magically imbued constructs that are. So in a stone one, it's obviously cut and chiseled from stone to appear normally like a statue, you know, yeah. sort of thing. And and there's always a good one, like you go to the to the mansion of like a sort of high level sort of NPC. Mm-hmm. You know, you go down the wrong corridor or something like that, or you're trying to sneak around. You go into the sort of you find the secret door bookshelf mm-hmm. and it opens and there's a couple of statues and then suddenly. Yeah. It starts moving. It's kind of a it's a good classic one. They're basically obedient to whoever commanded them. Mm-hmm. They if they're left without instructions, it follows yeah. its last orders, which so it can be stuff like protect this and it will do it violently. When it can't fill its orders, it will either react violently or stand still and do nothing if it's been given conflicting orders. Sometimes it alternates mm. between the two. So that's something I think. Which I it. like that. I like that yeah. quite a lot. Yeah, because golems, it's an interesting one. Because I, I, I too have mm. faced golems in an urban setting now that yeah. I think about it. And this idea that like a Frankenstein's monster sort of thing, like they've yeah. been created... Like you said, like uh, mad scientist wise or mad wizard wise, and then like you, you, like you put in your notes, like escaped. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. What made them escape? Because as you said, these golems, they have no necessarily no ambitions. They have no sort of personality or thought. And I'm mm. like, oh, it's like this tiny spark of light that has no memory, personality, or history. It just simply yeah. you know, moves in a base. 
what mm. if you go too far? You know, it goes yeah. to that Frankenstein, like exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. They take on the personality of, of something else. Like again, that whole idea of Frankenstein was that like it starts to remember stuff from its previous life and yeah. Oh, again. So that I guess that, that's more with flesh golems, perhaps. But I just like the. But idea you could still do it, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. That it has some sort of like. You could just even just say that it just starts to because it's magical. It starts picking up like yeah. magical essences, or someone died nearby and their soul got yeah. drawn into it, or something in the spell. Or you could you could do that, or like they all go Terminator on you and sort of what's it? What's the company called in Terminator? Skynet. Skynet. It goes all Skynet on you, and they all start rising up and. Uh, taking over or something like that but there's yeah. there, i think there's some fun things that they have addition so there's there's easy ways to like bring them in and you could even have it like maybe even the main castle like i always think of waterdeep's got the walking statues of Waterdeep, mm. waterdeep and they're a good protector but maybe like what if like the whole castle uh, city wall was just emblazoned with these golems but you don't know they're just statues of big large objects but then when an invading party come mm. they get all lit up and start <laughs> and start going out to fight you know you could that could be just kind of a cool yeah if background. there's a siege or something like yeah that. they just here's the army of water deep yeah exactly come, yeah so i think that could be there's, there's lots of fun things you could have with that I, and again the escaped one or even you're just you're sneaking around the room going back to the idea of like it gets a personality i again i'm just thinking of like you said like a, like a soul from someone nearby or, or whatever but i was thinking because it talks about when it's when they created there's like a book uh, like a manual of golems and that idea that you know mm. that you do there's certain instructions to make them as mm. well so i just love that idea that you know someone's experimenting and they put a bit of themselves into the golem yeah. so that mad creator is the mm. golem as well and yeah. it's that sort of like jekyll and mr hyde thing oh, and all that sort of yeah that so it could be quite fun so you could get to a point where again i'm maybe i'm thinking too much of flesh golems but even any sort of yes yeah, well, no, i'm thinking like um voltron yeah, yeah you yeah. know that sort of like gains that center and it has that sort of like Ah, it's not quite sure, and it's sort of learning at the same mm. time, and it's like it's kind of mixing between the the memories of its creator. Yeah, you know, maybe it killed its creator. Like maybe yeah. that's what it did. And well, like, that's it. And, and it, in and that moment, and it absorbed, thinks it's itself. It's the creator, yeah. and it's like there's a golem on yeah. the loose, and doesn't realize it's it's the golem. Yeah, all that exactly. Sort of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So from a combat point of view, they mm. are a challenge rating ten, so pretty high up. Uh, mm. 178 hit points for a stone golem. Again, lots of immunities, <laughs> poison, psyching, bludgeoning, sort of piercing, slashing for non-logical attacks that aren't adamantine. So yeah, so that's that's a bit of a bugger. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can still f- put fire, lightning, and a lot of magic into it. But it, again, it, it I do find it a little bit annoying though when you do come across it and you are a fighter and you are like, okay, so I'm just literally going to be doing half damage now, and it does mm. become a bit annoying. I, I do understand that. And so, you know, there's always things guess, balance your encounters. I guess way. it's interesting because obviously like, that's the, one of the joys of playing in D&D, I always think, is that, oh, you, sometimes the stuff you do doesn't work. So mm. maybe creating a character, a, a, like a player character that doesn't mm. have one type of damage, it has a couple of ones. But I agree. So yeah. as, as a fighter to this, like, yeah, you're like, well, what am I going to do? What it would make me think of then is to yeah. use the environment more yeah. so that I can, you know, it's like, well, can I put, um, can I pull down mm. a curtain on it and it can't see yeah. anymore and all that sort mm. of 
and it might feel like you're wasting your turn, but then at least like you're doing something to distract it whilst yeah. the other people who may be able to damage it have yeah. a go as well. But, I mean, you, you say that sort of about the magic stuff. I do see the stone golem has magic resistance, so it has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. So you're like, yes, wow, it does. What's... Yeah. So it has that on top of it. I hadn't got there yet. Oh, sorry. Uh, and it's magic. It's fine. No, it's good. No, exactly. It has magical resistance, which also makes it very impressive. And it, they are quite terminator. They are very much mm. that, like, they are going to keep going. I think that's part of what's their sort of it sort of is trying to invoke that sort of like they keep moving they just keep mm-hmm. going like you keep sl- if it's got a task which is like to take something to somewhere it will just keep walking through mm-hmm. walls doors there's one classically in a Drizzt novel I think that does that which kind of goes a bit like it just keeps walking through a city and like walks through mm-hmm. doors and stuff like that until it gets to where it needs to get to it doesn't know it's doing bad but mm-hmm. it, it just is causing absolute chaos yeah yeah it also has a mutable form, which is fun because yes. someone's going to try and polymorph it and it ain't going to work. <laughs> that's- yeah, as that's so funny. Yeah, so it's immune to any spell or effect that would alter its form. And that's really interesting because, again, it's also thinking, oh, well, I'll make it smaller. Because the stone golem is a large construct. So you're like, oh, well, yeah. make it smaller, then it'll be manageable. And then you're like, oh, I've wasted my turn because yes. it's and possibly a high powered spell as well. Because mm. like, polymorph is quite a big one as well. So not only would it have advantage against it, but also it was like, that doesn't work. Sorry. And you're like, well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It's very true. And then in terms of attacks, it has mm. slam, which slam. is Golem makes two slam attacks, which is very much just it plus 10 weapon and it does a lot of damage, 3d8 plus six. It's very strong, not surprisingly. It's very high con, but everything else is pretty low. It's not yes, very dexy. So even though it has advantage on saving throws against spells, a lot of them are dex and yeah. it's got a minus one. So I was say, that, that charisma is at minus mm. five. So. Yeah. Well, it is not really, it's not winning any uh, lyric, it's, lyric it's, contests. Yeah, it's, it's anything, not going to get any speeches, is it? Uh, <laughs> and any monologues but at the end. The really cool thing about the stone one and why I like them, and this is like just the flavor bit, and you probably know what it is. Creatures that fight a stone golem can feel the ebb and flow of time slow down around them, almost as though they were made of stone themselves. So it has this ability called slow mm-hmm. and it has a recharge uh, five to six the golem targets one or more creatures it can see within 10 feet of it each target must make a dc 17 wisdom saving throw Very against high. this magic on a fail the target can't use reactions its speed is halved and can't make more than one attack on its turn in addition the target can take either an action or a bonus action not both and these effects last for one minute a target repeats saving throw at the end of each of its turn so I think that is such a cool sort of like bit of flavor that someone's really just thought outside the box on what they are. Mm-hmm. These sort of hulking, you know, they move at 30 feet, so they're not exactly slow themselves, but this sort of like for something that's large, that is quite slow for its kind of comparable size, it's going to be. And then you think, run away, and it just goes. And you go, oh no, I'm not running away. <laughs> and uh, and so it's, I kind of like that. It's really yeah. good. It kind of does that sort of horror trope of the, the evil thing walking towards you. And you seem to be running away, but never getting far enough away. I love that. Yeah, it's a proper horror thing. And yeah, I mean, like compared to the other ones, like the Flesh God doesn't yeah. really have anything like that. Iron one has poison breath, which is yeah. does a lot of damage. No, no, I mean, it's, but it's, it's very, like, but it doesn't really have a like, yeah. it doesn't feel very of it, does it? Yeah. Really? And the clay golem has the opposite, which is haste, so mm. it hastes itself. They're yes. Like, okay, but there is something very cool about a stone golem, which yeah. is like it's just gonna punch you, and you're just gonna go yeah. like the Spider Man being punched out by Doctor Strange yes. out of the thing. Like that. I is haven't the seen the new Spider Man. It's in the trailer. It's fine. Okay, I okay, just I can't won't... remember. It's, it's fine. It's in the trailer. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 
spoiled it. It's fine. No, I no, no. Um, but I do think it is that is the coolest yeah. additional yeah. power. Obviously, there's so many we've discovered as researching mm. for this uh, this episode. There's loads of different kinds of, of golems. Yeah. These ones are the ones we can find in the monster manual. And I think that this is the coolest special power. Yeah. It's the slow one for the for the stone golem. I, I 100%. Yeah, I think stone golem is my favorite. And it yeah. did most, and, and just because of that. As I said, that very flavoured bit. I think I put the Iron Golem in just to talk, when I was saying to you, like the only other one I was going to talk about because of that same point. I was only going to say I like the fire absorption. So Iron Golems, which are very much the same, but they're obviously made out of heavy metal. They have all the same sort of things, the immutable form and everything like that. They are a higher challenge rating though because they've got yeah, level higher 16. Yeah, yeah, level yeah. 16 and stuff. So with the fire absorber, when a Golem is subject to fire damage, it takes no damage and regains a number of hit points equal to the fire damage dealt, which is just going to annoy like, you, isn't it? No, no. It's just gonna fireball like right at the end. You're like, like no one's maybe no one's done a fire damage, and you're yeah. like, it's looking pretty, looking pretty bad. Okay, guys, I got this. I got fireball. Okay, fireball. You do how much damage? I do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna level up. I'm gonna level it up a few levels. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Da, yeah, da, da, da. Yeah. Okay, cool. It it opens up its uh, mouth and sucks in your fireball, and you see that it heals itself. You what? <laughs> you what? Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, and I know like the flesh golem has it for lightning and the mm. uh, clay one has it for acid. But yeah. I feel like lightning and acid, they don't get used that much. Fire no. always happens. Yes, There's exactly. always a fire bolt. There's always a fireball because everyone loves them. And then yeah. you're like, try this one out for size. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it's just so funny because people will think, oh, it's probably going to do half the amount of damage, so I should probably level it up so it does more damage. Do you know what I mean? It's fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, so evil, but it's, it's fun. It's such a yeah. sneaky little thing and I love yeah. it just because then because then you're like oh fuck you see it on the player's face and it's yeah. that sort of thing where you can't rely on these spells you gotta you gotta shake it up yeah it exactly up, so. so what was your second one then my second one I went for an oni now this was on one of the tables for the monster manual urban encounters thing and I was like what is an Oni? I actually I'd always heard the name and mm. then I saw a picture of one and I was like that's horrible <laughs> They are like a large, giant sort of creature. And they're sort of nursery rhymes told about them as these mm. sort of bogeymen that haunt the nightmares of children and adults alike. They are real and always very hungry. And then there's a line in the, in the book and it just says, they find human babies especially delicious. And I'm like, who's written that line? Because that's awful. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. um, so they look like demonic sort of ogres with blue or green mm. skin, like dark hair and a pair of sort of little horns protruding from their foreheads. They sort of hide their true form in the day, pretending to be somebody else. So a bit like hags in a way, like they disguise themselves mm. and they can change their size and appearance and just appear like pretend to be travellers or woodcutters yeah. or like, hello, I'm just your friendly neighbourhood fireman, even mm. though I don't know if they have those in things. But then through this form, they take stock of the town and like, hmm, which one should I go for? Which person should I eat? Mm. So I love that idea that... For them, going to a new village is like us going to a restaurant and perusing the menu and then coming back later to order. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You could imagine the story of one would be like, they've been out in the villages and been run out of enough villages. They think, mm. Mm, city, let's try a city. You yes. know, like one goes and dares to try the city and thinks, oh, I can hide. There's so many places. You know, there's not like in a village, there's only 20 people. They're going to know which one is the new person who's turned up and then everyone starts getting eaten. So mm. like... In a city, you could be much more anonymous, you know, and exactly. so that. Exactly. Yeah, hide into it as mm. well. And, and I think, yeah, you could really use that. Because I think, I mean, we've talked about hags before on this podcast and how much we love them. And I think here is just a little bit different. So people would be like, 
So is it a hag? But it, I don't understand. They're just again confusing other people that might be a bit au fait or a bit familiar with the mm. Monster Manual. One thing I do love, and this is kind of the reason why I picked them, is that they will join up with other evil creatures if doing so is lucrative towards them and provides sort of a well-defended home. So again, I love that idea that they are sort of the sort of the media minion, you know, that sort of person mm. they they sort of the, the second in command that mm. you deal with, but there's something worse happening behind them so yeah. they love magic so they will work for evil wizards and hags in exchange for magical yeah. magic items as well so again if you're going for a little bit higher than mid-tier having a fight with an oni which has a couple of minions but also has magic items like mm. oh that's, that's gonna be yeah oh that's gonna be scary um but the other thing <laughs> right and this is the thing that got me so looking at the stats you're like okay ac 16 decent mm-hmm. size you know it's 110 hit points for average and then it goes oh it's it can fly as well does it say that anywhere else in the stat block? No, it doesn't. It's like, it's, why can it fly? Wait, it can fly. Oh my god! So this idea again, this creature, so it trans- starts to transform and then starts going towards you, almost sort of like well, yeah. I, I can't remember what what uh, you know. There's various horror films where the ghost comes running at you with the legs sort of trailing yeah. along the floor. Yeah, exactly. That's what, it's always a freaky move, isn't it? Innate spell casting, so they yeah. can you know at will. They've got stuff like cone of cold, gaseous mm. sleep. So again, buying into that dreamlike thing. Mm. The Oni's weapons are magical. Regeneration Now regeneration is a bugger <laughs> And this one Compared to other regenerations I've seen It just regains 10 hit points At the start of its turn If it has at least one hit point Yeah I know So it's, it's not It's not if you get hit By any particular attack It stops Happens all the time Yeah That's a bugger That is a bugger Because <laughs> it just takes 10 hit points Off anything Any of the, the Action economy Which is really difficult I think the At will Invisibility And darkness Is also kind of Just like in, a, in an urban environment makes a lot of sense it's just like it just goes when it feels it can just go hide regenerate come back it can just cause darkness which can is always like magical darkness is it then gets rid of all your dark visioners as well so then you can start putting your characters in like it, trying to have to deal with like sense perceptions like making hearing senses and trying to make sure they're trying to find it there's a lot of good fun stuff there, really, to us. Surprisingly low decks, I always felt, but that's the only thing. I feel I think that's fair as well. I think the cool yeah. thing, though, again, depending on how you play it, so maybe you're that sort of person, like your adventurers have been attracted to find the big evil boss, and the mm. Oni has sort of been like one of those uh, betrayer NPCs that it goes with the party. And then halfway mm. through the fight, they transform. So in that action yeah. bit of the stats, it has a multi-attack, so you can either do it with its claws or its glaive. But the claws only come out in only form. So it has this ability to shape change. And mm. when it's shape change, it can use its claws, or the glaive itself becomes bigger and mm. gives more damage. So I love the idea that you're fighting, like, come on, Graham, you must help us. And the Graham sort of turns to you a horrible evil smile, goes, no. And then brrr, yeah. like hulks out essentially. You're like, what the fuck? Graham was an Oni this whole time? I would like, quite like the idea of making a playable character that, that could turn into an Oni. That would be mm. kind of cool though, right? Yeah, it feels very Hulk-like, doesn't it? It's very yeah. funny, like, oh, you don't want yes. to meet me when I'm angry and all that yeah. sort of thing. So an Oni I thought I'd go for, again, something different. Mm. And I think something that I don't, haven't really seen much in D&D in general. So I'm like, oh, mm. this is quite cool. And I love a good giant. I will say that. I love giants. <laughs> and it's doesn't? a giant, so who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> Hamilton, home stretch. Home what stretch. Is, what is your final sort of monster oh, entry yes. you're going for, for this for so, encounters? This one's a complicated one. <laughs> <laughs> so it is an Arcanaloth. Arcanaloth, yes. Yes. Now, actually, I don't even know where you find these. Do you find these in the monster manual? They are in the monster manual. They are in the manual. 313. Wow. 
Are you going to open? Or something like I, that? No, I looked it up beforehand because I'm okay. Good. Well done. <laughs> because I, I'm all D and D beyond, so I just I have no idea where things are anymore. Uh, well, they... here's here's a fun fact: if you click on the the stat block itself, it tells you right at the bottom of the page which book it is and what page it's on. It does. Yeah, it actually does. Probably did know that actually, but I, forgot I it. only remembered it <laughs> when we were preparing for this. So that's the only reason I look cool. But it was it is on D and D beyond. So. It does say that. They all say that. Oh, they do. right. Here we are. Uh, anyway, Arcanaloths. <laughs> yes. They are, so a Yugoloth. Now, Yugoloth are the neutral evil from the grey wastes and the sort of evil planes of existence mm. uh, that are very, that are a funky lot. <laughs> they include quite, they're quite a ranging lot of, of like sort of evil, like kind of creatures, I guess, evil, if you know what I mean, in terms of from evil planes. But um, they range quite a lot in character. But the Arcanalos are sort of jackal-headed foxes. I always look at foxy people, basically. Yeah. They're like fox humanoids. Yeah. yeah. Always, like, they look really kind of like kind of cool the photo they've got of them is they've got little, like this little pince nez sort of uh yeah, the little, little glasses on and they look, yeah. they, look I, yeah, they look like an npc you'd put in like a yeah. animals from farming wood ones exactly actually, i know i wouldn't because they're bloody evil yeah they're not there they're, they're kind of just they're, they're quite well they're very sly as they say um they employ magic to take any humanoid form so they can do that as well so they can they can change themselves into anything and they do so to gain the trust of creatures whom they negotiate placing jackal snarls with winsome smiles they always appear well-groomed, clothing itself in fine robes, highly intelligent spellcasters who hunger for knowledge and power. So they command units of lesser. So there's always these, like, in these, like, evil races of the sort of old uh, monsters of the um, the demons and the Yugolos and the thing. There's always, like, a there's always a hierarchy, hierarchy. isn't there? They command these lesser Yugolos and maintain contracts, records, and accounts of their kind. So the things that they try to do two things that they're in the sort of wiki information you find about them they were the they're the main negotiators in the blood war mm. between the demons and the devils so they're kind of used for that but also they, they demand exchange for their time and their effort is information mm. and powerful magical items and they're basically always out for finding more and more information and magic is basically what they go for and the things that particular they go for is these books of keeping which yes. they have and these are always a fun thing so you can always imagine as how i saw them coming into an urban encounter because they're always on the lookout for highly powerful magical items or the sort of information on demons so these books of keeping hold the true names of demons yugolos and devils which are all very which is a very powerful thing to have because that means you can then control them by using uh, commanding magics and ritual magics and therefore they want to go and find like they might want to go into a city like candlekeep i don't know and mm -hmm. find some sort of record there of yeah. of some name of a of a demon lord that's hidden away in a tome that they believe or mm -hmm. get into like one of the museums and get some or some wealthy npc's household and get hold of a mm. demon ichard touched blood or a demon touched sword or something like that you know of some description or helm of infinite knowledge or something like that you know so there's always a thing there or and you can imagine, there's one in this that I always talks about like maybe them being they could you could see them in a second hand being some sort of shopkeeper as well yes. like selling all these wares and being Ooh. quite quite fun so having them like maybe as like disguised as a humanoid yes or maybe they are just openly you know the sort of fox head but maybe they're they're just always hiding out and dealing and trying to buy all your greatest and best things off you 
you could and they could maybe just be like an npc that you just meet and then you just kind of have this inclination they're a little bit off in some yeah. way i love the idea that they are they just openly are an arcanoloth like mm. on the on um avernus somewhere you, you go to that shopkeeper and it's like yeah. arcanoloth and you obviously like and what do yeah. you want you know like, exactly but yeah, if you st- I guess if you start off in Baldur's Gate and you have that weird shop and then it's and then it's mirrored in Avernus, it's it's the same shopkeeper and it's like, oh hello. <laughs> I guess I guess you want to see the good stuff now. That's yes, the- exactly. Yeah. Or maybe that's it. If you say the secret word, you go through to the back room. But then when you go through the back room, they immediately turn it, you're like, what? It was like we knew the secret passcode. <laughs> yeah, you, like, you, you're, you're not surprised, right? You're, yeah. you're not trying not to act surprised. I, I, um, so I, I love this stuff about so the Yugoloth themselves, that, that's sort of the big yeah. overbranching thing. This idea that mm. it can be summoned by its true name in the book of keeping. Yes. And so yeah, so it's idea that a Yugoloth is in an urban setting because again, that's someone higher up has mm. contracted it to do stuff to maybe seek out like adventurers who are drawing a lot of attention to themselves and can be yes. used to go, like you said, go get treasures from somewhere or or to be used to do the dirty work And I say this And you're like Oh you know, why are you saying these things Because that's what happened to us Really <laughs> Yugoloth used us to, dis- to destroy portals of the world And then we were like Are we just Are we the bad guys And turns oh, out we did the actual You were the bad guys We oh, did the no. and so And that was a t- turning point And now we're still trying to undo All of our terrible work <laughs> It was, Is that it your high-level campaign? Yeah, it's a That's high-level amazing. campaign. It was honestly, I can't. I've still got the clip of it somewhere where we discover it, and obviously, then the session ends, and I go. What do we do now? <laughs> so is this, like, this is in your uh, one that's on the internet, right? The Xerios one, yes. Yeah, so we've not, we've not unfortunately, the rest of that campaign isn't on the internet, but we've recorded all of the stuff for it. So is that, I definitely have clips of me reaction? just going, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, fine, I'm just like, oh my God. Like, we're all like, <laughs> fuck. It was so much fun. But I, I couldn't believe how played I was. That is amazing. Was. This, this was like two years of gaming, and then we're like... <gasps> And then like, okay. That is so good. Yeah. That is so good. I love that. Yeah, yeah looking so, at Carnoffs in general, though, they've got yeah. they've got quite a lot. Like, I lots of, again, this is the thing. Mm. Again, from having one in the party for a long time, and then having to yeah. fight against one, I will say they're they're a bugger to fight. Yeah, they've got a <laughs> lot of spells. Interestingly, the other ones we had that we've seen have shown the the updated spell. The updated, but this hasn't got the updated. No, spell I don't know. I, I wonder if that's a maybe a thing on D and D Beyond. I'm not 100 sure because I had it in the other one with the updated, but I didn't, maybe they haven't got round to Arcan Lost or something. I, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, no, because I thought that as well. But who knows? Yeah. I think by the time. 2024 comes and everything is updated to new ones. So yeah, currently as we're sort of looking at it, it's still levels of slots and spells, which is yeah a nightmare. But you just do it once per day, it's fine. It's actually got two sets of spell casting shown on here. Actually, it has innate spell casting and then it has spell casting. Oh yeah, so the at will ones and yeah. then all the other spell casting that it would do. Yeah, as like as a, yeah. So, sorry, I just saw that. No, no, no. But but that's the thing. Again, if you were playing yeah. this. You have so much to do. You have a lot to deal with. There is a lot to deal with. And they, yeah, so what they man, let's get down to the let's get down to the stat block then. Let's they've got they've got a lot of strength. They got good con, they've got great intelligence, clearly, because they are great charisma and great wisdom. Based, and they're pretty dexy. There's nothing negative. They're all pretty high. They're high level. CR uh, 12. They speak all languages. They have true sight. Yeah. Which means they can see even if you are polymorphed, even if you are invisible, invisible. they they see you. So they know we're coming. Like yeah. they... <laughs> they're 
they are pretty much like you know for a CR12 they've got quite a lot of things and then like they're kind of on the level of like a adult dragon in my mind and so I'm not maybe yeah yeah maybe an adult dragon I think yeah. so yeah I think they just got low hit points it's only 104 I would that's probably it, be, it isn't it really I would expect yeah. it to be a little bit higher but I mean, you can always flavor that as well if you want. You always flavor that they have extra, yeah, they, they have extra hit points and stuff. So certainly for for our Uglock got legendary actions at one point, and we were like, "Well, this is awful." <laughs> well, that's what I mean. You could add that in, and you can, or you can give them minions to help manage that, yeah, or even yeah, like armor. Minions, yeah, or yeah. maybe they're wearing an armor or something like that. Is but yeah, high arcana plus thirteen. You know, and they use charisma for their spell casting. Oh no, it's intelligence, but innate spell casting is charisma. Sorry, that's it. Resistance is cold fire, lightning, bludging, piercing, always, always bludging, piercing, non-magical attacks. You might as well just not bother having a non-magical weapon, basically. Yep. Just, like, why are you going into a fight with just a normal dagger at this point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing with yourself? <laughs> Get alive. No, it's a, and then they can't be charmed or poisoned, and they've got really high pass possession. Uh, yeah, telepathy to 120 feet as well, which is always fun, so you can always freak people out. When I they know got you're all there. Like, there. I can see you. Small... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, magical resistance as well. They got some claws if they get in trouble, and they can teleport that whenever teleport they like. Teleport is annoying. I will tell you that now because yeah. if you're running in after them, you hit, you try and hit them, you you bugger up a hit. You're like, yeah. cool. I'm now just gonna like go six feet away. Like, Stop running away. Yeah, they can just teleport six feet. I'll open space whenever they like. Also, what else can they do? What else can they do that you love about animals? And they can well, bloody fly. They can bloody fly. <laughs> so they can fly up 30 feet, then teleport 60 feet. You know, like they it's are it. just very... They're the worst. Yeah. I, will, I will say that looking at it, like, and, we've, and they've got up to eight level spells, you yeah. know, and they've got stuff like, you know, Banishment, Dimension Door, Hold Monster, mm. Chain Lightning, Finger of Death, you know, really high level spells. And then for its normal action, it's a claw attack, mm. and which has a bit of poison on it. So again, as a DM, you're like, well, I'm just going to be using these spells for days and mm. they'll never get close to me because why would I, why would I want to, yeah. you know, it, exactly. It, it feels like pointless, especially if they're so magical and stuff like that. I guess yeah. they need to have some sort of melee thing, but I was like, claws? Yeah. Rubbish. <laughs> no, you're just gonna you're gonna banish the spellcaster. You're yep. gonna then cast fear on someone that you don't really want, like your rogue, and then you're gonna fireball. Yeah, <laughs> fireball. That's what you're gonna do. Yeah, uh, finger of death. Just a really finger of death. Yeah, bugger, bugger somebody. The, the cleric. Like, that's yeah, what you're gonna do to the cleric because you don't want anyone to save them. Exactly. And then yeah, actually no. Oh yeah, you might banish the cleric. That would be fun. <laughs> that's the funny thing. I also like the fact that they did give them prestidigitation as a crown trip because they want to always look good. So yeah. I always they want, they want to look like a lovely, like a yeah. lovely, helpful NPC that tells yeah. you that the only way you can save the world is by breaking like four portals. And it turns out that actually you break the world by breaking. You got shadowed of the Colossus. Did. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> they, but I think this is the thing. I think they are very cool, and it's yeah. a cool way to get that sort of demon. Mm flavors interview if you didn't really want to go all the way to a furnace like yeah. let's face it like the, we've talked about it before in this podcast but the blood war and the war yeah. against angels and demons and devils it's a big undercurrent thing yeah. you feel like oh, it that's, is that's yeah. a lot of knowledge perhaps and a lot of yeah. things going on and you're like i don't want to send them after stuff. something like this like you said having as a, yeah. as a friendly shopkeeper or or someone mm. that's is a rival or, or you know yeah. and you it's just like you said a little bit off a little yeah. bit not on on the board and you don't know why mm. I will tell you from experience, perfect. A perfect yeah. enemy NPC. Exactly. So then we move on to your third one, which is also one of my favourite 
And it's, I feel there's a similarity to them as well, actually. Yeah, it's, it's got a theme. I, I think we've got cool. themes going on. Without I, even knowing it, we've I know. had a bit we, of a theme. We didn't even like, discuss it properly. And Shadows then, and Oozes are kind yeah. of very similar. I mean, I think so. Golems and Onis, they're kind of big constructy things, like fighty, yeah. all, like in-your-face fighting, but yours are a bit more cooler, I must admit, the magical thing. No. And then Anokonloth and... Uh, Rakshasa. <sighs> Yeah, you have to. You've got to do it the critical world way, haven't you? Rakshasa. <laughs> so Rakshasa is a, a fiend which mm. has an incredible like mm. look to them. Again, they can they can sort of change their appearance as well, you know. Mm. But I just love this that they are essentially. It just describes them as evil spirits in mortal flesh. They sort of originated long ago mm. in the Nine Hells, where powerful devils created like a dark ritual to free their essences from their fiendish bodies in order to escape lower planes. Mm. So it essentially looks like a tiger, like a tiger humanoid sort of person standing upright. But the way you can tell that they're Rakshasa is that their paws are on backwards, which I'm just like, what? That's insane! Yeah. Like, and you like the idea that you can't necessarily know that until you see it. The very slight things. So they probably their hands are always covered, or they're always. In- yeah, I like how it has when you have the picture. It's got its arm turned the other way to hold itself. So they're like you have to twist. So it's twisting it. Yeah, I will say it's a very cool picture. Uh, it's also in the basic rules of Rakshasa as well. Is uh, it? It is, according to D and D. Page three hundred and forty-one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. I'm now going to do that all the time. Now you mentioned it. But yes, the Rakshasa uses delicacy and misdirection in pursuit of dominion over others. Few people see the fiend in its true form, as it can take on mm. any guise it wants. Although it prefers to masquerade itself as someone powerful or influential. So again, that idea of the sheriff of Nottingham appears and is like mm. ordering people about etc is actually a uh, rakshasa in disguise i quite yeah. like so it gives examples of like nobles cardinals or rich merchants so again mm. the idea that something's not quite right but you're not entirely sure and you're maybe a bit too low level to really question the authority of of a rakshasa like you're like mm. not sure. and then you get invited to supper or something like that and and one by one you get picked off which i love so yeah so the true form combines the features of a human and a tiger with mm. the, the palms where the backs of the hands would be on a human but here's the cool thing I love about this. So we'll go into the stats a bit in a second, but the idea is that when a Rakshasa dies, it sort of returns back to Nine Hells and it's this you know, agonizing, torturous death, right? Mm. Where its essence remains sort of trapped until it's reformed, like most devils have, right? Which And this can take months or years. But when it's reborn, it still has all the memories and knowledge of its former life and who killed it and so it's that very long process of it will come back and try and get that person again and i'm like oh so you could have it at the beginning of the campaign somehow somehow you know it's a critical was it a critical rating Mm. 13 you Mm. managed to get rid of it you're like we've done it and then right towards the end again big boss coming up and something like Hey, who's that guy? And you get stabbed, or you get like, yeah. and it's the Rakshasa that's back again. And oh, I mean, oh. that scene, spoilers for Critical Role season one, but yes. that scene when Gil, Gil uh, what's Max. his name? What's his name? Yeah, Vax, but what's uh, Gil, oh, uh, Gilmore. Gilmore? Gilmore, yeah, right. Gilmore, yeah. yeah. So Gilmore turns up to him uh, in the middle of the night and speaks to him, says he will, and we, they, we're just at the in the middle of the Chroma Conclave. It's all just going off, and we're like, it's a moment of respite. You know, everything's very chill. Gilmore though wants to have this chat with Vax in the middle of the night and then he stabs him and you're like oh, what the fuck and they're like what the 
Rakshasa from like Rakshasa, Rakshasa. six months ago, or like no, oh. it was like a year ago or something. It was, it was, whole it was year. so long ago. And you were yeah. just like, holy shit! It was such a cool cliffhanger. I remember that because it was like, oh my god! Moment. Yeah, he fell off the edge of the building, didn't he? Yeah, it was like, oh, it was so good. It was and so he, good. Here's the other thing I, I didn't realize about the Rakshasa as well. It's like obviously they'll, they'll seek that person who's killed them, but if mm. for whatever reason that target has gone, you know, died from yeah. natural causes, it will punish. The killer's family or friends or descendants. Yeah. So this idea, you could have no idea that your great grandfather or grandmother yeah mucked up a. Muck, I was like, I pre- you, know, pre- you saved a small town from a rakshasa, and then you know down the line you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and you oh. Like that, that would be terrifying as a lower level like oh we're just level seven what's that oh no rakshasa's coming back to kill us yeah really really cool i know like, very I, cool. I think this is just really cool I, I keep saying really cool thing about these creatures but this is really cool about rakshasa's right <laughs> so okay first of all go on then what's really cool okay so their speed is 40 feet so they're they're coming after you they're gonna like bound after you right mm. They have limited magic immunity, so they can't be affected or detected by spells of six level or lower unless it wishes to be. So you're a bit a bit buggered if you if that's all you have in terms of spells. Like if you don't yeah. you only have one level seven slot, or you know, you, you have to be much higher level. So yeah, it's even it's a challenge rating 13, you've got to be actually higher. And it's kind of funny. They do have that vulnerability, though. They do. So, yeah, piercing from magical weapons wielded by good creatures, which is a mm. very, very specific thing, and I like yes. it. I, yeah. I like seeing that, and mm. I, I hope it's one of those things. It's one of those things I would have to put a sticky note on the paper, going, "Remember this." I yes. remember it would be like, and maybe name the characters. Okay, that person's a good person, and they've got a magic weapon. Mm. This will yep. work. This will work, etc. <laughs> Just because I think, because I, I yeah. again, I, it's very rare I see something that's specific in terms of mm. vulnerabilities or immunities or, or conditions so yeah I, I really like it though i mean it's, it no. makes sense in the grand history of it i guess no it does exactly i think that's i think yeah and this one actually does have the new spell casting i know i don't know who, who knows maybe, maybe they have it up so just maybe it's, it's going to be when monsters of the multiverse officially comes out maybe it all changes again i don't maybe yeah maybe it's through certain books they do yeah. first and then yeah oh is that oh oh Karnalos are definitely coming back then with a vengeance well then. exactly yeah ooh, ooh. so yeah just having a quick look at the innate spell casting so you got stuff yeah. like you know sky self mage hand always great fun i like the idea that mage hand is probably backwards as well oh um, yeah that's cool. so why not uh minor illusion detect thoughts and then you've got charm person detect magic invisibility major image and suggestion but finally by dominate person fly plane shift and true seeing not necessarily attacking spells no which is i think it's a shame but maybe it's because because it, obviously it can't be affected by certain spells. Mm. Maybe it's like this is a bit overkill if it's something just is able to do fireball or something like that. But I guess that's the only thing. I guess because it has to get closer to to you to do its claw attacks, it can do two uh, mm. multi attack of two claw attacks. But I will say the claw attack, very cool sort of again flavorsome thing. At the mm. end is that if you if it hits a creature, takes the damage again, not massive amount of damage, uh, like two d six plus two. But it is cursed. So whenever you take a short or long rest, you have thoughts, uh, you know, horrible images and dreams, and you gain no benefit from taking those rests. And it can only be lifted by remove curse or similar magic. So you're mm. you're buggered. If you have that sort of fight and then you get away from the Rakshasa, you can't sleep. You can't rest because it's just gonna it's I like the idea. It's like, you know, when you have oh, I, I can't remember what the name of the effect is, you know, when it's sort of burned into your retinas, that sort of mm. image of like a horrible face. It's just mm. the Rakshasa looking at you like <sighs> Like when you close your eyes, like oh, no. I can't sleep. damn it! 
it's just a very cool creature. And I, I like having cool creatures in urban yeah. campaigns. And just, again, it's just that idea that it's something different. And it's like, mm. it's not a cult leader. It's not a bandit. It is yeah. a it is a, a creature that is out for itself, yeah. pretending and masquerading and manipulating people of the town mm. in some things. I love the idea that it is that this Rakshasas is a member of the council. Yeah. And it's being a dick about like uh, local planning and like infrastructure. And that's how they get their joy, is just like messing people there. And then somebody like wounds it in the sense of like you know, we're not putting through your motion it's like you will rue this day you put through you don't put through my motion <laughs> jackie what's the name from jackie weaver jackie weaver you have no, have authority. no authority here oh my god that would be jackie amazing. weaver is a rakshasa proving it <gasps> canon canon that'd be amazing because yeah because she could just remove people oh that, we've done it I think that's NPC Jackie Weaver Which is a very niche UK reference From a year ago But I'm having that That's, That is a oh, What a good one Well Hamilton Fantastic. We have done Six Yeah Kinds of creatures For these urban counters I we honestly have. I think they're all I say this all the time I think they're all brilliant um, They're all brilliant Exactly But it's nice to look at things That are just a little bit different And just change up Urban cities That aren't just Oh we're being mm. mugged or, or there's a break in Or there's a robbery Or it's a cult again And there's so much You can do with this as well So thank you so much For, for letting me in Go What about if We do oozes And shadows And oh my You know So thank you so much For letting me yeah. Chat to you about This stuff this evening No same here Again I really enjoyed it I thought it was a great Little concept Because as you said it's a it's an area which is not so it can get very easily just as you said down those simple routes and so this is it's, it's always fun to think about i think with any area though you can chuck anything in and it will yes. always be great isn't it but yeah i think they were all fun ones i really liked all well, the choices I'm, I'm sure we'll come back to because again in the dm's guide it talks mm. about like here are other random encounters for mountainous areas underwater mm. the underdark yeah. and stuff like that yeah. so i think we could always have a look at those and see oh and, yeah you know catch some fun eye. ideas for underdark and underwater yeah. There you yes. go. Oh, plenty of things to get on. I won't bring out. I won't go for the Kraken because that's obvious. <laughs> Hamilton, is there anything yes. you'd like to plug? Anything that's happened with you? Anything that you'd recommend? I guess. Um, anything I'd recommend? Hmm. Oh, that's any, interesting. Yeah. Any books? Any TV shows? Any any music? Because I know you're oh into music. Gosh, yes. There you go. You know what I have been watching recently? Because I've been ill, so I've been watching things. Yeah. <laughs> I started watching Severance. <gasps> which is the new program on Apple TV Plus, uh, mm. which if you are a fan of the Stanley Parable games, which yes. if you which is a good Half-Life mod turned into a proper game, mm. and you like that sort of an Office Space, the movie Office Space, and oh, what's the other movie that reminds me? Uh, well, anyway, psychological thrillers with a slightly futuristic, high concept sort of ideas behind them, like Inception, I guess, is a, is a more, you know, those sort of things. This is really good. I'm really enjoying it. Mm, Have you watched it? I haven't. I've seen the trailer for it, though. Yeah, and really I was like, good. oh, it's up my street. <laughs> so yeah, like, no, you'll really, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's got really good, like, just underlying horror, but it's that sort of um, dystopian 1984 in a little bit sort of way. It's good. Oh. And it's Ben from Parks and Rec. I know. <laughs> it's Adam Scott. You're like, oh my God, he's yeah. he's now, what is going on? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Is anything podcast-wise happening with you or any? any? Uh, so, well, we've been off for a few weeks because <laughs> of, you know, we are back podcast-wise. I don't know when this will be going out, but in the feed, our podcast feed, Dragon's Jewel, we basically got to episode eight of the Shattered Realm mm -hmm. and the party, it should have happened, have 
jumped into the Feywild mm -hmm. and I hopefully have done my little post-credit scene that then explains that we're going on a little break as you meet, find out what's been happening with the other half mm -hmm. of our party characters. And so there'll be a few weeks of the darkest timeline mm -hmm. in the podcast feeds and then something will happen at the end of that where they all, when, when something will happen and we'll find what happened to the other lot again. Ish, without explaining, giving too much yeah, away. Yeah, not giving too much away. No, absolutely. But yeah, absolutely. but that we're in the sort of we've got halfway into the story, I'd say. So we're sort of oh, so we'll find out. Yeah, it's into Fantastic. the. Fantastic. And can ish. you can you find that on any podcast? Uh, you can find that where you find all good podcasts. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah all go. of them. Yeah. All what about what about where 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 uh, what? what who where where oh. that's my new thing I'm doing now. <laughs> what, I'm sorry. Where? No, I I, I should I, yeah because otherwise I'm just like it's it's going very well so what am i rolling yeah. it's a twice monthly rpg one shot podcast who what where um it's doing very well um long haul 1983 should be coming out this week yes i was waiting for this is the one you keep telling me about i I'm keep like, telling I you about it's just because it's one of those things because uh, the previous uh mars colony was actually four episodes instead of two uh those ah. have been very very long but that was also great fun i mm. just finished editing our numenera how did you find that I love Numerera. I like, can read it. I still got I, yet to read it. Yeah, the so the cipher system in general is phenomenal. Actually, I yeah. think it's one of the best systems at Monty is it Cook. A D D twenty. So yeah. You, oh, it's a twenty. Okay. Yeah. So um, I won't go into too much detail for the no. podcast, but essentially you pick a, like a number between one and ten, and that mm -hmm. will be the difficulty, and then you will roll a D twenty, and you have to get over it. So like, say for example, the difficulty is three times that mm -hmm. by three is nine. You got to get over a nine to succeed. And you have three different pools and you can put points from your pools to make you like difficulty come down. You might have skills and all that sort of thing. Sounds a little bit complex when I say it like that, but it's, it was really fun. And Numenera mm. itself is a great setting. It's very sci-fi. Uh, this yeah. idea, it's the ninth version of Earth. And yes, this Numenera yeah. is all magical items and mis little bits and pieces that's just been left here. Were so, you DMing yeah. or were you playing in this one? I was playing in this one. Ah, so, that was so that's why you were saying, yes, yeah, so someone else yeah. is DMing it. So, yeah, Rob, uh, Rob from the Realms of Fire podcast, who's been on a few times, has, was DMing it for us. So, so yes, yeah, so that's, that's now finally edited. And so hopefully get that up ASAP. And I'm sure there's other Sado RPGs and one shots and all that stuff in the bag, essentially. It's just yeah. needs to be either recorded or edited or both. So <laughs> getting there. Um, in terms of recommending like a show or something yeah. that I've done recently, I've been watching Alien on Disney Plus. They've oh, the old mo the movies. Yes. yes um, I, I. You know what? The last twenty minutes of Alien and Aliens, I think, are the best thing I've ever seen. Like, certainly, Aliens, I know, is all that's more actiony and stuff like yeah. that. And you have obviously Ripley versus the Alien Queen. Yeah. But that last twenty minutes, you're like, holy shit! Like the action, it's all very yeah. tight, and you know, get away from her, you bitch! And like, yeah. It's no, it's it oh, so good. You know, I'm not a massive horror fan, no. but the alien the aliens movies I yeah. loved. And literally I literally from too young an age, I had them on VHS when I was probably about eight. I think I watched them the first time. Yeah. My mom was terrible at that. She didn't she just let me watch things like that. But like it was kind of I loved those movies. I think yeah. they are first one is just incredible and both and this is the thing because i know people are always like oh which one do you prefer and i think they're just two separate films oh yeah you know like you can't compare because like, it's the first mm. one's very slow and builds up methodically and stuff and mm. it just has all the horrible scariness and yeah. then it's, the second one's like the marines are here <laughs> game over man game over <laughs> they're coming out of the goddamn walls you know and it's just yeah, like exactly. i love that idea that there's like bravado and like yeah very yeah and then they go ah oh, because they're <laughs> yeah, being exactly. destroyed and it, yeah just so so cool so yeah i've been doing that because uh, I've been reading up on the Aliens RPG 
And then finally, I know I'm, <laughs> we're so close to finishing. Uh, we do have an offer code. Uh, it's from yes. uh, Third Space Gaming. Uh, you take 10% off your first order if you type into DMBC into checkout. <laughs> do that. I was waiting. <laughs> we're doing this podcast only, so this is only for us. <laughs> only for us, and I appreciate it. Type in DMBC into checkout, get 10% off your first order. Maybe, I don't know, you see if there's a pre-order for the uh, the new book coming out, the yeah, Radiant Radio Citadel. Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel, I think that's what it's mm. called. Oh, we both when we both, when it came out, both of us were like, oh, the alt cover's very good. Yes, <laughs> the alt cover is very nice. So yes. excited for that. So we'll definitely yeah. we'll definitely when when that comes around, I'm sure we'll do a lovely uh, first impressions of it. So I I'm hope, yeah, definitely. so excited for it because oh, yes. yes, it's going to look good. But until next time, folks, thank you so much for listening, and we will thank speak you, to you, everyone. Here to you next time, and as always, see you see on you the flip, flip side. side. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Bye. Here we go. Bye.